Good morning, everyone. I am so glad you're here because I don't like to preach in desert. <laughs> yeah, meaning I like to speak when there are people listening and um, I do not feel like I am alone. Um, so my name is David. I am a volunteer here like Jeff and Gord and many other people. Um, our pastor is away this morning, and um, I just step into the plate um, to speak to you, to bring you the good news of the gospel. Um, I'll do a little recap for those of you who have, who will not be able to um, be here the last couple of Sundays, um, so that you do not fully um, lose sight of what had happened in the past couple of Sundays. So we have this new series of messages that we are bringing to you, Jesus Centered. Um, it is a series of messages um, that is very, very intentional. Um, the pastor um, brought this series of messages in order to encourage us to have our focus on Jesus, to have our eyes on him. So the first Sunday we started this series, Rob talked about how each and every one of us are at a certain distance in our work with, with Christ. But the good thing is that wherever we are, he's willing to meet us there. Last Sunday, he talked about how it is important um, to abide in Christ if we want to live a life that is centered on him. In today's message, we are going to analyze together what it means to let ourselves be loved by Jesus and how we can be grounded into that love. So I think you are with me, and let's go. And before we get into the message, please allow me to pray. Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning to thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. We thank you that when we were still sinners, you die for us. Jesus, we come this morning, many of us are discouraged, burdened, empty. But we came with the willingness that we will not go home the way we came. Please allow your Holy Spirit to to soften our hearts, our mind, to listen to you. Please be with me as I present your message. In your name I pray, amen. Just a couple of minutes ago, we sang this song, a very popular hymn, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. Unfortunately, despite 
our acknowledgement that the Father's love is so deep. He pours his love lavishly on us. But unfortunately, many of us go through life each and every day with feelings of hopelessness, worthlessness, feeling unworthy to be loved, broken and even empty. In other words, every day most of us go out and about. It's almost like wearing a mask, pretending that everything is perfect, everything is okay, but in reality, it is not the case. The question we have to ask ourselves this morning, why the Father's love is so deep for us, and why are we going about every day in our lives so empty? Why, why is that? I think this is a question that we need to ponder upon. And as we go through our message this morning, we will learn some maybe techniques or discover why are we so discouraged while we have a loving father ready to care for us. In his letter to the Ephesians, the Apostle Paul outlined very beautifully what God has done for us and why we can depend on, on God for our every need. So we will read together in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. I must confess that um, my translation might be a little different, just a tiny different from what you will be seeing on, on the screen. But I will read. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing and blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as, as his sons and daughters, I would say, through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will. Verse 6, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given to us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. 
I stop here, but you can continue reading to see the what God has done for us. According to this passage, Ephesians chapter 1, 3 through 8 and onward, the Apostle Paul gives thanks to God for what he has done. It says in verse 4, he chose us before the foundation of the world. Sometimes I, I hear people talking about us, the Gentiles. Um, even preachers sometimes say that we, it's like by chance that we are who we are. Um, some people went on to say, yeah, it's because the, the people of Israel, they rejected God and then we have our chance. This is not true. According to this passage, we learn that even before the foundation of the world, that God had already predestined who and what you and I were going to be today. We were going to be people who follow God, who strive to, to serve him with all our hearts, with all our mind. He chose us before the foundation of the world. He predestined us in Jesus. He redeems us through the blood of Jesus. We are not here by accident. Thus, Jesus Christ on the cross was love on display. I'm going to repeat that Jesus on the cross was love on display. We inherited from Adam and Eve the sinful nature, the disobedience. We couldn't please God, but Jesus in our place went on the cross so that you and I can be Blameless, the Bible says. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, the Bible says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So Jesus on the cross was a demonstration of his selfless love. Oh, Unconditional love, we would say, as well. So, if we are talking about living a life centered on Jesus, so we learn through that knowing Jesus is not enough. So we need to enter into abiding relationship with him. We need to find, we need to reach a point where we feel intimate with him. So knowing him versus embracing his love are two different things. You can know him, of course, by knowing him, by accepting him, you have salvation. 
but you need to go further than that to enter into intimacy with him. So, so embracing his love or accepting his love changes everything. When we embrace Jesus' love, it changes the way we love ourselves. And it also changes the way we love others. It changes the way we love God himself. And that brings freedom. Because one of the reasons why we we fail to, to embrace Jesus' love, it's because of maybe the, the enemy trying to play game with us, uh, playing with our minds. So the, the enemy is jealous. He tried to distract us. Because if the Father's love is so deep for us, if God went to the extent of sending his son on the cross for our sin, why in this world we are walking around and about not feeling that love? I don't think it's fully a decision that we, we, we've made on our own. So there is the enemy playing around, playing with our mind to distract us. So we need to be smart. So the, 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 the enemy tried to deceive us. To try, he's trying to get us off track to prevent us from experiencing the Father's love. The enemy has what I call our game film. I think many of you know what a game film is, but I will go to the extent of explaining it. So you know, for instance, when the Montreal Canadiens are coming to Ottawa to play with the Saints, before coming, before the game, they watch the previous game of the Senators to see the technique, the tactics, the way they play, so that they can counter any effort to be beaten by the saints. So the devil does the same thing. He plays tactics with us. I was watching the, the FIFA World Cup a few weeks ago, um, the Canadian, you know, the first time for a long time, um, they went to, um, to, the, to the World Cup and they trying their best to see if they could bring something back to Canada. They lost their first game and they, they were planning to play another game and the, the coach was talking very loudly and saying, we're going to beat them. We're going to beat them. And the other team, what they did, they watched all the previous game 
of, of, of the Canadian team, especially the forwards. Um, there is this guy named uh, Alfonso Davis. Um, the, the goalie specifically watch his game because he's good. And the goalie look his videos, his game film, and see when he's kicking penalties, he always kick with his left foot, and it always go to the left side. And the goalie say, okay, I'm going to wait for you right there. Bam, the Canadian had a penalty, and Alfonso Davis kicked it exactly to the left, and the goalie was waiting right there, and then he catched. The devil does the same thing with us. He watches... <laughs> The game film of our lives. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our vulnerabilities. He plays. He knows our little mistakes. The thing we've done when we were young. The stupid mistake. We were young. We do everything. He just replaying, rewinding the tips in our mind. Making us feel like we worth nothing. We are not worthy to be loved. And then by playing the tape and then and then we conclude that we, we don't deserve God love. We're too bad. We are undeserved to be loved. He creates discouragement. He guilt tripped us. There are times I am sitting down, I am meditating, and the devil tried to play with me. It, I do not know, I am 50-something years old, I do not know why I am remembering, I am recalling that I used to steal my mom's penny to buy candy. What? But, the enemy is trying to disconnect us and to distract us. Can you believe in a moment that I'm trying to connect with God? And then way 50 some years ago, I stole a penny to, to, buy, to buy candy. More often than not, we feel not good enough. We are not eloquent enough. We are not young enough, not old enough. And because of all this stuff, we have nothing but a superficial relationship with Jesus because all the things we are supposed to do to connect with them, to abide with him. The enemy tried to, to disconnect us. So friends, Jesus' love is not based on merit. It is not based on accomplishment. This is what grace is all about. So no matter the situation, no matter what we have done, big and small, the blood of Jesus just washes it all away. We can be reassured. We can have assurance in his blood. He went on the cross because we couldn't do anything for ourselves. So don't let our past, don't let yesterday be a woodblock in our relationship with Jesus. 
besides the enemy's tactics, we do bring our own negative experiences also in the equation. Sometimes we have feeling of, of rejection. We have experience abandonment. We have let down by people who are supposed to love us. Some of us experience discriminations. We have those feeling of worthlessness. But all that distracts and create distraction and discouragement and di- disconnect us from our Christ. I want to remind you this morning what you think of yourself or what others think of yourself can be you today and not you tomorrow. Sometimes I look in the mirror, I took a shower and I'm getting ready and I dress myself up and I look in the mirror and I see this, this handsome guy but you know, there are times the same David showers and dress up and look in the mirror and then what he sees is a job. God didn't do a good enough job. Can you believe that? So I want you to be reminded that only what God thinks of us is, is true. Sometimes our mind can be flirting around what people think of us is not really who really are. Our identity is in Christ. Friends, instead of going through life every day, as I, dis- as I explained earlier, disappointed, desperate, feeling worthless and hopeless, feeling unworthy to be loved, empty. Why don't we just ask Jesus to give us faith to accept the sacrifice he has made? Why don't we ask him faith to to embrace his love? Because We need to live a life that is centered on him. We need to live a life that is grounded in his love. But for that to happen, we need to be in intimacy with him. We need to be close to him. We need to search him. And on the cross, he has done anything and everything we could ever need. So we don't need to wear a mask anymore. We don't need to pretend that everything is together. We, we, we just don't need that. When we are among our fellow believers or we are among, among unbelievers, we don't need to pretend. We don't need to fake anything. Because it is just not about us. It is about Jesus. We don't need to try to earn his acceptance either. 
it is okay to be broken because Jesus will meet us wherever we are and he will heal our brokenness. Just because he loves us. So nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. That's what we read um, in Romans chapter 8, 35, 39. I'm going to try to read it because it is so important for us to hear and to see. Romans 8, 35. It says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is well written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Everything that we need in this life, in our Christian life, everything we need to follow Jesus, to draw closer to him, everything has been done for us. We don't need to do anything. Just trust and obey. That's it. There is no greater love than this. He chose us before the foundation of the world. We didn't even know, we were not even conceived. That plan had already been made for us. He transforms us. He redeems us. He watches over us and he blesses us with all sort of spiritual and material blessings. He blesses our family, our loved ones. His love never fails, even in times of struggles. Until we embrace the love of Christ, we will not be able to share it because we can only give what we have. Jesus expects us to to share his love with others, but for us to, to share it, we're going to have to believe it. We're going to have to embrace it. We're going to have to accept it. 
I'm going to read my last passage for this morning, a very, very important one. The Apostle Paul, again, was referring or talking to, uh, to the Ephesians. So in that part of the letter, I think the, the Ephesians were going to the same situation we are going today. We believe that God is there for us. He loves us. He's there to meet our every need, but despite that, we find that it is difficult sometimes to believe in those promises. So in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 17, I am going to, to read. Listen to Paul talking to the church of Ephesus. 3.14 so it is a, it's, it's like a prayer on behalf of that church from Paul. For this reason, Paul says, I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family, all the universal church in heaven and on earth derives, derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all these saints and so on and so forth. So here, Paul is praying for the church, for the Ephesians, so that God can strengthen them because they know, like us, that God is there to, to help them out, to love them but they find it difficult to embrace that love. So Paul prays that, prays that God will grant them power through the Holy Spirit and that the spiritual strength will be increased. But for that to happen, they have to have intimacy with Christ. So Paul says, in that passage, he prays that Christ will dwell in our hearts by faith. So faith here is not the faith that we have in Jesus to have salvation. What Paul means here is that we need to reach a dimension. We need to reach a level where we open our hearts for Jesus to come in. Paul also prayed that in the passage we may rooted in love so that we can comprehend the depth of God's love. So this is my prayer for us as well. 
that we will be rooted in, in Jesus' love and whether we are in good time, we are experiencing hardship, no matter the situation, we will still rely on him to carry us through. So let us ask Jesus to give us faith, to trust him, and through trusting him, we will have confidence in his unfailing love, and we will be grounded in that love, even when we feel unlovable. So while I invite the band to come forward to sing our last song, please allow me to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for, for having had us in mind since the foundation of the world. Sometimes we think it is by accident we, we came to you. But we find in today's passage that you have planned this long, long time ago. That through our disobedience, you, you were going to send your son to die in our place. Despite your willingness to save us and to love us and to bring us closer to you, we find it difficult to allowing us to be loved by you. We find it difficult to embrace your love. Father, we know the enemy is playing game. And we know our own negative thoughts sometimes get in the way. But I pray that your Holy Spirit will, will strengthen our faith so that we can trust in all your promises. And step by step, we will draw closer to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.